0: Hey, welcome to Optimize Your Body with Martin Silva, where we talk raw, uncut facts to truly help you optimize your body. Hey, Christina. Thank you very much for chiming into this podcast all the way out there from, uh, is it California you're based?
1: Yeah, I am. I'm in San Diego, California. So thank you for having me.
0: Amazing. No problem. No problem. What's the uh, what's the climate like there at the moment?
1: actually well it's been chilly for san diego but probably still hot for people who live in real weather um but it's been like you know breezy like 60 degrees fahrenheit you guys are you guys in celsius
0: yeah 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 well that's right we do celsius yeah but, yeah, I
1: don't know what it is in Celsius.
0: <laughs> no, I have no idea on Fahrenheit either. So, we'll just we'll forget about the <laughs> weather question. <laughs> uh but no, we're in we're in obviously I'm based in uh, in Sydney, Australia, so it's like a 19-hour time difference right now. And um it's it's the uh summer here, so it's it's really nice weather. So, uh anyways, yeah, I was just going to just going to crack straight into it and uh if you could give the listeners more uh details on your story and kind of what taken you down the path, what took you down the path uh, that you've, basically your journey and where you're at now, really?
1: Sure, I'll try and give the spark notes version. Um, So I grew up and I had a lot of digestive issues. I didn't really know that they were abnormal. I thought everybody felt like that and I also struggled a lot with anxiety and depression growing up and Um, got a really bad case of mono Epstein Barr virus when I was at the end of high school and then went into college with that. And then in college, my depression and anxiety just got even worse and I kind of fell into a binge eating disorder. Um, after that, I just felt just really unhappy with my whole life and, wanted to turn things around, so I decided, okay, I'm just going to wake up tomorrow, and I'm going to stop binging. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to do all these things that I've never tried to do before. I didn't know what being healthy meant or what. I didn't know how to work out. I didn't know how to eat a healthy meal. Um, so I started diving into nutrition and fitness and kind of taking all the conventional advice, and at this time, I also decided to start... Trying to figure out what was at the root of my digestive issues because I had realized by this point that no one else, well, some other people were, but that my digestive problems were not normal. Um, I was dealing with a lot of bloating and constipation and just severe pain after I would eat most things. Um, Shortly after that, I, I mean, I started to feel a lot better because I had cleaned up my diet a lot. I was working out. Um, but still not really getting to the root of my digestive problems. And then I went uh, on vacation and had a meal that sort of set me off. Like it's a, like a trigger episode. And for about a week after that, I was just violently ill and I had never been this ill in my whole life. Um, and it was kind of after that, my digestion really just stopped working and I started like slowly losing a a lot of weight, and I was at the same time as I was still getting healthier, Um, I became really obsessed with working out and eating clean, and my body just wasn't absorbing anything I was eating, so I was losing weight pretty quickly, and I started seeing a ton of different specialists, um, different nutritionists, but a lot of GIs, rheumatologists, endocrinologists, um, sports medicine experts, just all different types of experts I could get my hands on. Um, and no one could really figure out what was going on with me. Eventually, my acupuncturist actually found out that I had a candida overgrowth. Um, we figured out that was sort of one big thing causing the issues. But after I cleared that up, I was still struggling a lot. I dropped a lot of weight very quickly. So within about three months, I had gone from and 20 pounds to 73 pounds. Um, Wow. And, yeah, it was pretty scary. And kind of during that whole time, emotionally, I went through, you know, at the beginning, I didn't really recognize that I was losing so much weight and I didn't really realize it was an issue. I had really bad body dysmorphia. And then it also kind of turned into some orthorexia where I was just afraid of eating anything that wasn't, quote, clean enough because – I had, by this point, figured out um, how much certain foods were really, really hurting my body. Like, I had figured out which foods would cause me severe pain, Um, slash, I felt like my whole life was kind of out of control, and I was obsessed with exercising, um, because I felt like that was the one thing that I could control, and the one thing that relieved my stress, I would say. Um, Everything kind of spiraled out of control, and then I, I realized, as I was losing so much weight, like, okay, I need to stop like with I like had to stop working out and um add in more things into my diet. Um so then I kind of made that mental switch but even despite making those changes and like consciously making an effort to eat a lot, a lot of food and be as inactive as possible, I was still dropping weight, which really scared me. Um and again I was just I ended up having to drop I was in college at the time I ended up having to drop out of college um, Because I just was spending so much time at the doctor's office, I was taking all of these random tests, test after test, different doctors, Um, I was having an issue because a lot of doctors didn't believe me and they just said I was anorexic and not eating and I would have to bring people to vouch for me that I was eating food and no one really understood and then so during this whole time I just decided to dive into the research for myself and learned a lot more about um, nutrition and gut health and how... Our guts can um, affect our – the health of our gut can affect our overall health. And finally, I went paleo and changed things in my lifestyle. And I was finally able to start putting weight back on. And then um, it was kind of like a healing journey from there. Eventually, I found a functional medicine doctor who was able to run some more tests. And I found out I had SIBO. Later found out I had parasites, thyroid things, um heavy metals toxicity. So I eventually figured out kind of what was at the root of it, but it took a long time. And just through that whole experience of just, I had to really be my own health advocate and had to do a lot of the research myself and, um, decided that I just didn't want anybody else to be in the same situation that I was in. That's Mm -hmm. why I decided to become a health coach and then a nutritional therapy practitioner. And now I like to help people, um, you know, figure out their own health issues and use diet and lifestyle and supplements to kind of naturally overcome their health issues and reach their health goals. Um, And then that's also why I started my podcast um, to sort of share the information I was learning with other people um, because I just didn't want anyone else to feel. I felt very lonely when I was going through all that and I felt really like no one could help me and no one was helping me is how I felt at the time. Um, And I just didn't want anyone else to feel like that. So that's kind of how I reached where I am today.
0: That's amazing. It's amazing that you've used your, you know, your suffering to reach out and help other people. And um, I first found out about you through Mind Pump Media. So I know you featured on Yeah, I love
1: them. (laughs) ah,
0: Those guys are legends. So they, I've said it time and time again on other episodes, but those guys kind of inspired me to start my own podcast and. Completely changed my paradigm, uh, much like yourself, really. Would you actually, you had to learn yourself and do research. Well, actually, listening to the Mind Pump podcast helped me learn so much about you know taking a holistic approach and stuff. And I was just going to ask you then, you can you just give it just a tiny bit more detail on what you changed with your diet because you said you changed over to paleo, a paleo way of eating. I have explained to the listeners what that is before, but if you could just explain to them like what you changed and what the paleo diet is in short if possible
1: Yeah well it was funny because it wasn't like I I wasn't eating that far off from a paleo diet um to begin with but a paleo diet is basically just all things whole food so it's basically um a diet centered on vegetables fruit healthy proteins animal products meat eggs fish um and healthy fats you know avocados nuts seeds so you're removing grains, legumes, sugar, alcohol, um, corn, soy, basically the inflammatory foods. Um, and before that I was, I mean, I was eating very similar to that. Like my diet was mostly, you know, vegetables and proteins. Um, but as very much more like bodybuilder style, like I didn't, I didn't really realize at the time the mistakes I was making with nutrition, um, because when I first started trying to get healthy, I was kind of just going off of bodybuilding.com and yeah, I was same. eating like yeah, I was eating like lean protein and non-starchy veggies. Which I mean, I dropped a ton away at the beginning, and I felt I mean, I felt great at first because that was a huge transformation from my diet originally. Which like growing up and at the beginning of college, I was eating very much just your standard diet of like pizza, sandwiches cupcakes and cookies (laughs) (laughs) um most people would love most
0: people listening to this would love that diet I think you get away
1: with it that was a huge improvement and but I was also you know I was eating like brown rice and quinoa um lentils things like that Mm. and especially when kind of what happened was when I had my when I found I had the candida overgrowth and had to Heal from that. I had to go on an anti-candida protocol, and part of that protocol is you get some anti-fungal. So, if anybody doesn't know, so candida is this yeast that um is you can find in in the intestine, and it's it should be there, but when it's overgrown, it can cause a variety of symptoms: Um, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, brain fog, acne, all these types of things. So, um, when I was treating that, you know, you go on anti-fungal supplements, and then you also have to do the candida diet, which is a no sugar diet, which means any type of sugars, but also no starches, no fruits, um, no vinegars, no ferments, anything like that. So it was very much just like lean, like like proteins. And I did lean proteins when I should have been doing fatty proteins. Um, and then non-starchy veggies, basically my diet. And then when I was I dropped so much weight and then I started working with somebody afterwards to help like restore my weight. And I had become so afraid of anything with like any starch or fruit because I thought that it was going to bring my candida back. Um, and so I had to start adding things in. So then I was purposefully adding in, you know, like, like brown rice and quinoa and lentils and things like that. Um, and it was so strange because it was literally just the shift from eating like that to actually removing those and just replacing those with like sweet potatoes and fruits and, I don't know, taro and squashes, things like that. And just getting rid of the grains and the legumes for me allowed my gut to heal. And then when my gut was able to heal, I was able to finally, like, like put on the weight I needed to get back to a normal healthy weight um so that was sort of the difference there which I mean it's funny because it's not that big of a difference but some people are just more sensitive than others and like my body is super sensitive and for me those grains and legumes at the time were just making it so my my stomach couldn't heal and it wasn't until I could heal my intestines that um I was able to kind of get better
0: interesting because uh you know what what we sometimes deem to be healthy foods such as you know Mm -hmm. rice and grains and lentils and stuff you know it's not always the case is it i don't know whether it's like lectins and there's obviously certain types of proteins and i think it's phytates but who knows but like Mm -hmm. everyone's so different in terms of their metabolism and obviously um there's so many variables from person to person but i was just gonna ask you um because you mentioned about depression earlier on and another big driver behind this podcast is trying to reach out to people who are dealing with any mental health issues because as you know we're kind of facing an epidemic right now and this, this the current stats or the way it's going at the moment they you know they, they think by about 2020 in two years time it's going to be the lead in disability in in young adults and i think it's about one in four people here in australia will be affected by it at some point in their life um the way it's going currently based on the uh, the stats and stuff but yeah how did you actually obviously there's there's several things which took place for you to overcome depression but it's, it's clear that there was something going on with your gut in terms of what you were eating. That was obviously playing a big part in it. But then obviously you started, um, maybe, I don't know. It sounds like I'm pretty sure you said on the mind pump podcast that you kind of cut back a little bit on, you were exercising, but doing it more in a smart way. But yeah, if you can just tell the listeners, you know, what it was you'd done primarily to overcome that, that would be great. I know you've just answered a lot of that. Then, yeah. But...
1: Yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I'm happy to talk about it because it's something Thanks. I am like. Super passionate about, um, and I struggled a lot, you know, growing up um, with the anxiety and the depression. And I really just never thought I would, gonna I was gonna get out of it. I thought that was just the way I was, and I was gonna have to live my life like that. And you know, it was, it gets really dark. Like people who, if you struggle with clinical depression, you know, like I mean, dealing with, you know, suicidal thoughts is not easy. Um, and I tried. Lots of therapy, Um, and I'm a big believer in therapy, but I don't think therapy alone um, was going to heal me, and for most people, I don't think it is. I tried antidepressants, anti-anxiety meds, um, SSRIs were not working for me, Um, and it wasn't really until I went on this path of trying to heal the physical symptoms that I also, during that process, was able to heal these psychological, mental issues that I was having, um, which was really great. And I think there are a few things for, for me that really stand out as having helped me. And so first, obviously, was like, obviously, supporting my gut, um, which kind of just higher level there, like changing my diet was huge in that. Um, so focusing on an anti inflammatory diet, including plenty of healthy fats and healthy proteins in my diet to like produce the neurotransmitters and hormones necessary to make me feel good you know you got to get enough dopamine in there enough gaba Absolutely. um and it's so, like 90, diet, sorry to interrupt
0: yeah. i think there was like 95 95 percent of the serotonin serotonin receptors are like found in the gut or something like that and it's sorry to interrupt
1: yeah Yeah, Yeah. no, exactly. Um, And so gut health, so just starting with diet in terms of that and then Mm. removing all the inflammatory foods. um, Removing sugar and gluten um, are two huge triggers for me. And, you know, I've come – now I'm really, really in touch with my body and I know that I have – there are certain foods that really trigger it for me. So I know if I eat certain foods, I'm going to feel depressed and. Next day, and mm. so for me, foods like sugar and chocolate and gluten. Sorry, um, when you say well, sugar, ever...
0: um, do you mean refined uh-huh. sugar, or do you mean like because obviously there's like fructose found in fruit and stuff? Do you mean primarily like refined sugars, or do you mean just in general you went super low, or like literally reduced, uh, minimize sugar altogether? Is it or?
1: So in in context of this, when I'm saying sugar, refined sugar.
0: Okay, cool. Um,
1: but also, I am really sensitive, and if I have something, even if it's natural sugar but Mm -hmm. like a lot of it yeah um and it's it's all dose dependent for me too it's like if i have like a bite of something with refined sugar it's not gonna happen um but you know if i'm having like a a dessert like i know it'll happen and same with chocolate like if i have like a bite of chocolate i'm all right um like and i'm talking just like straight 100% cacao if i have like a decent amount i know i will get depressed the next day um yeah. So those, and I don't, I don't ever have gluten, um, because I can't consume gluten for yeah, long. Same. Um, but I've gotten like gluten before and that also is a huge symptom, one of many, you know, that comes up for. So for me, those are just a few of the food triggers, but in general, just focusing on a really healing diet and then healing the gut in other ways. So like a really high quality probiotic, getting in that beneficial, um, those beneficial gut bugs, right? That's awesome for the gut and just like, like really healing it. So, I mean, you know, I went through a whole leaky gut protocol, um, supporting, supporting it with like things like bone broth and collagen, glutamine. Um, so just supporting your overall gut health is really key. Um, and then also just lifestyle changes that I made. Um, it, yeah, I think one of the biggest things, honestly, is taking walks outside every day, um, and it seems like so simple or so easy. But I notice a difference. Like if I don't go outside during the, well, like if there's a day that I don't go outside, which is rare now, I I notice a huge difference in my mood. Um, and now it's like, I make it a priority to go outside and go on walks every day. Like, I need to get some sunshine in. Um, you need vitamin D. I mean, even just like nutrient deficiencies in general. Mm. Um, like if you're low in vitamin D, that could be a cause of of your depression or even being low in B vitamins mm. um, is another one. So like focusing on like, honestly, really any nutrient deficiency, um, being too low in omega-3 fatty acids is another one that can lead to poor like um, like depression or anxiety symptoms. So um, yeah, those are just a few, but really any nutrient deficiencies can be causing those. Um, mm symptoms. So, but taking a walk is a really a really important one for me. And then also, yeah, exercising regularly is very important to me, but also I had to go through a time like just in my journey, I had exercise addiction and in the process of recovering from that, had to take a long time off of all exercise. Mm-hmm. Um and then I kind of slowly got back into it and I started with just yoga um and then I did yoga for a while and then kind of went back and eventually like found my groove again but definitely couldn't go back to what I was doing before ever. Yep. Um so just getting regular exercise is huge like if I don't move during the day, I feel like a piece of crap. Mm-hmm. Um so get getting movement in, making that a regular part of my life and like like sunlight like I mentioned with the walking, but just getting in sun and there are other, like, natural things that help me. Like, I use – I'm a huge fan of essential oils. Um, and so I'll use essential oils which as just, like, naturally um, – what, natural what kind sports? of oils do you,
0: do you mean, like, for the skin or do you mean for, like, the – what, what do you mean by that, sorry, the essential oils?
1: So, yeah, so essential oils, so you can either diffuse them in a diffuser, so they're, yeah, like, diffused in the air, or you can apply them topically. So, like, lavender, for instance, is a great essential oil for anxiety or stress. So it's, mm-hmm. like, every evening I have – every evening I diffuse lavender, I put it on the bottoms of my feet to help me sleep. I put some on my pillow. It just really helps me calm down. So something like that. Or mm. if during the day I feel down or anxious, I'll use something like frankincense. Um, citrus oils are really uplifting. So great to just put you in a happy mood. So things like wild orange or lemon are really uplifting. So I like to use those as well. Um, but like, and then obviously therapy helped me a lot working through it. I mean, it's like, I can talk about the things that I, I did in my life, but you have to get to what's bothering you, you know? So Mm -hmm. there are also things that are upsetting me. Right. And so working through those and making changes, like, like I, I stopped hanging out with people who I didn't like, and I started to say no to things I didn't like. And I things that I didn't want to do and I just started making decisions um, sometimes that were hard but basically just making a decision from what do I want to do what's making me happy versus what do I feel obligated to do mm. and what do people expect of me um, and just tuning into that and for me like um, meditating and I've since I've since become a Reiki practitioner and Reiki is a form of energy healing that has really helped me as well with my emotional health and working through things. But, you know, going to therapy and journaling regularly mm-hmm. are, have been game changers for me just to brain dump and get things out and just no more holding anything inside. Um, mm-hmm. and kind of all of that working together, I feel like really helped me overcome those. And that's not to say I never, I'm happy all the time and like I never get stressed out or I never get sad, but on a day-to-day basis i am i feel like i'm a very i'm a happy person Mm -hmm. and um i don't feel like depression when you have like clinical depression or anxiety disorder it just feels like this cloud that's always hanging over you and like that's just always your default state and i don't feel like that it's that anymore like it's it's uncommon for me to feel that way now um, yep. and that's that's not like my natural that's not my core being anymore you mm. know so it's really a freeing feeling to be able to break away from that um, mm. but I also know that I have to maintain the way I live my life in order to maintain my mental health
0: Yeah, exactly. And I guess based on what you're doing now, you've got a lot more purpose in your life now because you're actually reaching out and you're probably taking a lot of uh, enjoyment from actually adding value to the world and helping other people. So on on that note, I was just going to say, obviously, you mentioned about the, you know, like briefly about Western medicine and, you know, it's it's kind of tricky right now because a lot of people, they'll go for help when they have obviously depression or any mental health ailments. And, you know, they'll get prescribed SSRIs. So I've mentioned to the listeners before, I had, I had issues myself in like my early twenties for a couple of years. I, I was suffering with depression pretty bad and I was, I was just on the verge of actually taking SSRIs, but, um, I didn't and I'm quite thankful I didn't now. I managed to, managed to push through it eventually. But, um, yeah, I was just going to say in terms of like, um, people you help and, and you do consult, I I know you do like some one-to-one stuff online, if I'm right, in terms of helping people. You know, achieve yeah. achieve better better um, health goals, physique goals, wherever that is. But how do you actually? Um, what is your approach? Because I know you take like a holistic approach, just just like myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so how do you actually? Um, I mean, in terms of the big rocks and actually helping people uh, focus on the fundamental things to get momentum with their with their journey. How do you actually go about it? You know, what what's your um, initial approach to um, you know? So like a beginner, for example, to, to, to help them out? I know it's quite a broad question, but yeah, if that makes sense.
1: <laughs> in in terms of mental health specifically or just in general? Oh, oh
0: just in general. I mean just – firstly, the, the people that come to you and ask you for help, is it generally um, – is it is it for the most part people who want to get in shape mainly or is it, is it like mental – is it a combination of the both or –
1: so I get a little bit of everything, but honestly, most people who are coming to me want to. Like, most people coming to me have gut health issues, ah, okay. so most people coming to me are having bloating, constipation, diarrhea, pain, um, nausea, just or you know they maybe they've been diagnosed with some digestive disorder, you know, most people are coming to me with gut issues and, or some type of disordered eating, um, whether that be a diagnosed eating disorder or just trying to change their relationship around food. And then, you know, I do get some people who are just looking to clean up their diets or lose weight. Um, that's in there too, but I would say the bulk of people I work with, it's gut health and their relationship with food.
0: That's great because I've got I've got some questions on that anyway, and I wanted to delve deeper into uh, eating disorders and stuff because I always speak out about because you don't really get many men, um, aside from the mind pump guys actually, um, talking about you know about eating disorders and and like how self awareness is so important really because so many people um especially guys are not actually aware that they. They actually have like a minor case of the binge eating disorder a lot of the times. And for mm-hmm. example, yeah, like here in Australia, I think about 47% of diagnosed eating disorders are, are actually, they fall into the B, uh, binge eating disorder category. And yeah. I, me- I mentioned on the previous podcast that um, I had major issues myself for for a few years because of dieting down for bodybuilding shows and and, and modeling shoots and whatnot. And then I created this really, really bad uh, relationship with food where I was like binge eating regular so yeah um how important is um you teaching your clients self-awareness when it comes to eating disorders and you know relationship with food
1: i mean very important but i think that a lot of the people that i work with are almost like too aware um like you know they're picking apart every little every single thing that's going on in their body and they're attributing it to food yeah um and it's a lot of times not about the food. Like, honestly, most of the people who come to me, most of the people who who I am working with already are eating very well. You mm-hmm. know, I'm like, we'll make some minor tweaks or, like, that's usually – I I think I tend to get more people who – have a more complicated situation and i do pride myself on being good at um adjusting the nuances because for most people you don't have to get so nitty-gritty with nutrition like it's pretty basic like if you're just eating clean whole foods right um but for some people with really severe issues you do have to get nitty-gritty like if we're trying to figure out exactly what foods they're intolerant to and it's not obvious um or even just like macro changes like some people's bodies like i mean some people need to have a certain type of macronutrient ratio for their mental health or physical health, or whatever. Um, but I think, like, in terms of self-awareness, it, it comes down to, I think a lot of people are kind of out of touch with the connection between sort of their emotions in their bodies and instead they try and pin it onto, like, food in their bodies. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally, totally. So I think that a lot of people, um, you know, they can connect, like, oh, this gives me a stomach ache. Or I got bloated after that. Um, but they don't make the connection that, like, they were eating in a really stressed out state. Or they were really stressed out that day. They were angry. They were depressed. Or they can't connect that, like, oh, I ate this yesterday. And tomorrow I feel down. Or where's my energy at? So I think it's more so building that awareness um, versus, like, I the people who I tend to see are pretty good at figuring out, like, here's a physical symptom that's bothering me. Um I don't really generally deal with the population uh, that mo- most of the population just is unaware of the fact that they're constantly bloated. So yeah, I <laughs> exactly. honestly, just live with it. Um, yeah, most people who come to me aren't in that situation. Like they're very aware of what's going on. Wow, uh, that's interesting. To, yeah, they're trying to desperately figure out what it is. And it's almost like they're thinking about it so hard and they don't realize that, like it's for something. a lot of people, Half, for a lot of yeah, yeah, no, it's just for a lot of people, half the reason why they're bloated or constipated or having diarrhea or having stomach pain, it has nothing to do with the food. You know, it's literally their emotional state. Um,
0: Fascinating. A
1: lot of people are constantly in this sympathetic fight or flight response, which is just going to totally halt your digestive process. Um, and also, you know, just you're not going to be able to digest your food. Um you're not gonna create enough stomach acid to to digest the food or the enzymes. So a lot of people aren't really realizing that. Um, I mean, just from a baseline level for anyone, like I think food journals are the most incredible tool to build some awareness. Um, and mm. like how that how that works is not. I don't need people to write down. Um, I mean, you can write down amounts, I guess, if you want, but you don't need to. Just like writing down. Every day, um, you know, everything you drank, everything that you ate, and then next to it, what's your mood and your energy? How's your digestion? Um, how's your emotional state? And then also any supplements and so kind of lining it all, letting yep. it all out like that. Like I work with a lot of people where, you know, Everyone who works with me, you have to fill out my forms and then you do this food journal. And my food journals, people are always like, this is very in depth. I'm like, yeah, well, trust me on this. So Mm. they fill it out for a week and then they come to me at the appointment and they figure it out half their problems themselves because they're like, oh, well, just writing it down made me realize every time I do this, I feel this way. Or wow. every time I feel this way, I don't digest this or every time I eat this food, the next day I feel foggy and fatigued. And so I just think that a food journal for anyone um can be really, really helpful. And I'm not that's not tracking calories or macros, like just looking at the food. Like mm. you, like what's going on in your body and then putting your your mood, your digestion, your energy, how much sleep you got the night before um any supplements people also so many people are taking all these supplements and they have no idea why they're taking them or they think they know why they're taking them and they don't realize how much crap is in half the mm. supplements so many dodgy um,
0: supplements out there wouldn't it? like with the artificial yeah. sweeteners and whatnot
1: exactly and like so many people i mean i i see doctors putting people on um pills you know and they like Patients will just take them because their doctor's recommending it. And I'm like, did you look at the ingredients? Because there's milk and soy and wheat in here. they go, oh my gosh, no way, right? Vegetable oils,
0: (laughs) that's another one. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's just important to really, like, always double-check everything that's going into your body um, to see if there's something that you don't want to be taking. And also, Mm -hmm. you know, I see a lot of people over-supplementing all the Mm -hmm. time. So I see people on, like, 20 supplements and i'm like why are you taking 20 supplements <laughs> you know like it's so many confounding variables and at some level you have to kind of like bear like take everything back it down to the bare bones and then work from there to see what's what's causing the issues
0: mm. so how, how old are you now because you're only relatively young right to you know yeah, experience what you have 23 exactly so you've experienced so much at a young age it's crazy but it's just awesome that you're actually in that position now where you've you know you've what qualify you have qualifications within that realm as well i i noticed on your on your website um
1: yeah yeah gut health um, and stuff well yeah so i am certified as a nutritional therapy practitioner and a primal health coach
0: awesome yeah and yeah. just um just uh, the jump jump ships again jump ships again um you were mentioning stress then and this is such a an important thing for people to be aware of because uh, it's something over the last year or so Myself and also I've been um, as a personal trainer, I've been promoting this to clients is to like, you know, when you're eating your food, like just try and be aware when you're eating just to sit down. Um, Because so many people, we're in that stress state where we live in a world now where we're constantly on the go, moving from here, there and everywhere, uh, eating on the go. And then, you know, I've noticed so many people when they sit down and eat their food, they're on their phone just constantly like you know whatever they're doing on their phone just not paying any attention to you know actually chewing because chewing the food is really important as well right so i guess Mm -hmm. what i'm trying to say is um stress plays a huge part in in these issues by the sounds of it yeah
1: yeah definitely and i think a lot of people don't realize like digestion begins in your brain Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um you know so you shouldn't be eating unless you're in a parasympathetic rest and digest state um it's just like you said people are just shoveling down food they're on the go you can't digest food like that um so it's like I mean a few things that I make everybody do is we have this talk you know you sit down and like meals I want you to be calm and you know a lot of people will say like no distractions no no tv or phone or whatever um I don't say that I say you need to be honest with yourself and figure out what stresses you out and what doesn't um, and eat like that. So if if you notice that you're not fully present or, in, or slightly stressed, if you have your phone in front of you or the TV, then please don't engage in those while eating. But I know plenty of people who they almost feel more stressed out, myself included, if I'm just eating in silence. So, like, for me, if I have the TV on, if I'm alone, like, I am more – I'm calmer, I guess, mm-hmm. um, and I'm able to be fully there. So I just want people to kind of be very present and um, just taking like five deep breaths before you eat, like deep belly breaths will automatically help put your body into that parasympathetic state. And then from there, it's like you said, chewing is one of the most important things that people overlook. Like you need to chew your food 30 times. People think I'm crazy and I'm like, no, no, no. Like, yeah, eating will – take a longer t- time. But you will notice a huge difference in your digestion if you chew all of your food. Like, when you're chewing, your food should basically be liquid once you're done chewing before you swallow. And then the other thing that helps a lot with digestion is, um, n- like, not drinking with your meals. So I don't like any of my clients to drink liquid with their meals unless they need to take some for any supplements they're taking. But even then, we want to use the minimum uh, amount of liquid and try not to drink 15 to 30 minutes before or after the meals, just because it can really halt the digestive process and dilute your stomach acid um that was such a game ex-
0: changer for me by the way sorry to yeah interrupt. yeah when i stopped no. doing that I, I used to think why am i always and, and it was definitely because i was guzzling back water whilst i was eating it's weird how we pick up those habits isn't it
1: yeah exactly i, I yeah. don't know why i don't know why that became thing but horrible yeah same for me it's like I cannot will not drink water with it um those are just a few like small changes that I think can really really help you know and I think the chewing the chewing is a big one like put your fork down in between bites Because I think people like – I don't know why everyone feels like they're on a race to Mm. eat. I'm like, calm down, man. Yeah, it's not
0: going (laughs) to run away from you.
1: (laughs) Exactly. We've got
0: more food available to us than any other time in history, so I wouldn't panic.
1: (laughs) I know. Seriously. No, I was going to
0: say the other thing you mentioned then about um, eating in front of the TV as well because I had a a binge eating – sorry, an eating – A woman who specialized in eating disorders uh, on my podcast before and she was saying that and I I never really thought of that until until she mentioned it and I thought to myself wow like actually I would say 90% if I'm in the house like most of the time if I overeat I'm sat in front of the tv you know and ever since Mm -hmm. I've stopped doing that or at least reduced it um I definitely don't don't it it doesn't even you just you're more mindless about when you're in front of the tv right so it's like.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. A lot of people, they're just, it's what you said. It's like they're not being present and they're focused on the TV and just kind of like mindlessly eating and not even mm. thinking about the food. Um, but I think the big part of it is like we've built these associations. like Yes i think about going to the movies right yeah people that's just associate word. the movies with like popcorn and a soda or a slushie you know or like candy like that's just the association like we're gonna go to the to movies and have snacks or like yeah. road trips and snacks like we've just made up these associations that don't really require it and i think that like for me i definitely notice that as well like um if i am I realized that I was the same way. Like, anytime I was in front of the TV, I just felt this urge to eat for no reason. And I think part of that is the association. Part of it is like if you're watching TV late at night and you're being exposed to blue light and it's disrupting your circadian rhythm and making you want to eat because your brain is like, it's daytime, it's daytime, <laughs> um, all, all of those different things. Um, but then I went through a period where I like actively was like, I'm going to break this association. And now it's nice because it's like, I mean, I went to the movies yesterday and I didn't have a snack. Like I just just went to the movies um, and brought like tea or like now I can watch TV and I don't think about the like I don't think about I need a snack right now. So it's definitely possible to break the association. But I think um, the first thing is becoming aware of it because, you know, different people have different quote triggers to what's going to cause them to maybe, you know, binge eat. Um, so recognizing that, or, like a lot of that is with stress as well. Like a lot of people, and I did, that's what I did too. It's like you, you deal with your stress, you're just eating your feelings, um, mm. and hoping it'll, it'll go away. Or like, you know, when people don't feel full in their lives, for instance, mm. they don't have a sense of purpose or satisfaction, they will try and fill that with food, um, and those are just a few of the, you know, other reasons that people are often binging. Um, so breaking those associations can help a lot.
0: Mm, yeah. And that's, that's what I, uh, I explained to people is, and actually people laugh at me when I say it, but they've started realizing now because it is just like a drug really. It's like any other drug, whether it's, you know, alcohol, um, hard drugs, whatever you people, a lot of people do use food as a drug, you know, like it's, it's a, yeah. a form of escapism, right? So it's just being aware that are you actually hungry as well? But, um, I was going to say about the cinema as well, because I've stopped actually eating in the cinema. Now I, I, I'll normally eat, you know, a good meal before, sometimes go out and eat and then, but when mm. I went the other day, I, I just, for, for the first time ever, I, I looked around just to see how many people were eating. And I kid you not, every single person in that cinema was, was eating oh my something. God. And there's nothing, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to make people feel guilty about it, but it's just like, you know, sometimes just uh, being aware of overeating, right? But, um, I, was just, I believe it. Yeah, so I was going to ask you one more. Now we're going into the nitty-gritty here. I think I'm being a bit selfish. I'm trying to pick your brains a bit. Um, I was going no, to say, I awesome. I was going to ask you about um eating before bed because, uh, up until about maybe six months ago, I, I used to think, oh, you know, it's fine, it's totally fine. But I stopped doing it. I basically stopped eating before bed because I was, I just noticed that I wasn't, I, my energy levels weren't great. So I thought mm-hmm. maybe I'll just try that and um definitely 100% um, it's made a huge difference to um, maybe it must be my sleep quality but I try not Mm -hmm. to eat within about three hours before bed now is that is Mm -hmm. that actually uh, is there some truth behind that or
1: yeah yeah okay so this is a this is a fun topic I like this topic because people ask me this all the time and you know there was this like dieting myth like don't eat after I don't know 7 p.m because you'll get fat fat. yeah Um, (laughs) yeah Okay, this is a lie, right? Like like that's not true. Yeah. Um but there are other reasons um why it can make people feel better to leave some time between eating and bed. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, digestion like requires a lot of energy. Like that's a, like that's a process the body needs to focus on. And the, I mean there also is an element of gravity to digestion. Like it's not huge, but the just the fact that there's an element of gravity slash like it is it requires a lot of energy for our bodies to digest our food. Um, you would want to do the most of that most of that work before you are asleep because if you if your body needs to digest all this food it, when it's also supposed to be sleeping, like sleep is the time to repair the rest of the body, right? Mm. Um, so it's kind of – that's why most people when they eat before – like too late or too close to bed, they'll wake up feeling pretty groggy and they don't feel that well because you didn't get that good night's sleep because your body was so busy trying to digest and the process was even harder because you were laying down like horizontally rather than vertically. Um, even with – cases of um are you familiar with small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, SIBO?
0: Yep, I've heard of that.
1: Yeah, so even there's a correlation between night like late night eating and SIBO. Um and the 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 hypothesis behind that is because it's like if you're eating and you're laying straight down, the food isn't moving through the digestive tract as quickly and so it can stay up in the small intestine and ferment. Wow. Um yeah, so they found that people who are more, more prone to SIBO are also tend to be people who eat closer to bed. Um, obviously, it's not a causation thing. Like, don't think you've yeah. better Correlation, SIBO, correlation kind of yeah, thing, yeah. Yeah, correlation. You know, it's just interesting to take that into consideration. Um, the other thing, though, is that I was actually just speaking with somebody else about that. When we talk about, like, um, the circadian rhythm and getting back into the natural circadian rhythm and aligning that, actually, you know, we think about... Light and exercise as being um, the main methods of entraining the circadian rhythm, right? Like you've heard of this, Um, but actually, the the strongest way to reset your circadian rhythm is by eating at certain times. Um, So that's the most the most recent research is basically the time you're eating is going to is a stronger signal to the brain of like what your circadian rhythm should be than even um, light or exercise. So one of the best ways to reset your circadian rhythm is to not eat after dinner um, and to leave a few hours between dinner and bed. Okay. This being said, so obviously, like, yeah, there is definitely something to that, but I also deal with a population. Obviously, you're not struggling with this, but I deal with a population. I have a lot of um, women who have eating disorders and a lot of people who are maybe underweight or people who have been dieting for too long and are kind of getting their hunger signals back on track and people with hormonal imbalances. Mm-hmm. And my thing is like – you know, I don't want it to become a regular pattern to always be eating right before bed. But I also don't want people to freak out if they get hungry before bed. And, like, they're, like, because people think, oh, I can't eat before bed. Mm. I it's I think it's worse to go to bed feeling physically hungry um, yeah. than to to eat, you know, right before. Like, you eat something like, small before bed um, and you're fine. You know, they're also smarter. To, like, they're smarter choices. Like there's a difference between eating just something small versus a whole meal right before you go to sleep. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, if I, I, I have a lot of, um, women for instance, who tell me like, I'm really hungry before bed. Like, I don't know what to do because I know I shouldn't eat right before. And I'm like, well, if you're, if you're really hungry, like you're very hungry, you should eat something before bed and then that's fine. But like, then let's not make that a pattern the next day, eat more during the day so that you're yeah. not hungry or right before bed. Um, so I don't want to scare people into like, like if you are like very hungry before bed, that's also not good either because if you're very hungry and just ignore that you're leaving your body in the sympathetic state, it's very stressed out and your body when it's like that can't repair during the night. And you also will probably wake up during the night and have disrupted sleep because I also see a lot of people who cannot sleep all the way through the night and that is a problem. Um, if you aren't sleeping through the night, this means that your blood sugar is dysregulated, your cortisol is dysregulated. Um, I see this a lot with people who don't eat enough the day before. They they can't sleep through the night. Um, so there's that too. So I would rather you eat something before bed and then be able to sleep straight eight hours straight than go to bed hungry and then be waking up multiple times during the night.
0: Mm oh thanks very much that was some great knowledge bombs there um i was just gonna ask yeah. you about um in relation to exercise you said you were over training before and i'm kind mm-hmm. of assuming that you're probably overdoing like cardio and, and intense style training but um also i listened to one of your more recent episodes on the mind pump uh media and you was i think you've started lifting weights now right which is uh something i'm all for obviously uh In in, You know, where I'm at now, I've been lifting weights for probably about 17 years and, um, you know, it's very, very important for overall health, you know, as well as people who want to look better aesthetically. So, um, Mm. have you noticed a difference in terms of changing the way you train, um, you know, when it comes to lifting weights? Have you noticed a difference in terms of your metabolism, I don't know, your hormones, your physique?
1: well so actually that's not what happened because i actually when i was over training i was lifting weights so ah,
0: okay I, know. I
1: i never i never really went through a cardio bunny stage like yep. i i was lifting weights then i would i would do cardio like twice a week um mm. but the majority of my training like i was lifting weights four times a week um uh, and then i would on two days i would do cardio I see. Um, yeah, and it was just too much for my body and it I mean even I think now like my exercise routine at the time probably for certain people like I'm sure plenty of people do the exact same thing or if not way more and they're fine but like for my body at the time when I was not digesting food it was way too much and my mm-hmm. adrenals you know it was way too much on my body um but I you know what I had changed is um I was doing more like more of a split type thing, mm-hmm. and now now I'm more full body ish yeah, and also the mind pump guys I never was somebody who um lifted super heavy like mm-hmm. i would say I was lifting like moderately heavy weights but I never like i used dumbbells I never used a a barbell um And then recently I mean I still work out from home so but the mind pump guys they like got me to lift start lifting some actually heavier weights. Mm -hmm. Strength training. Yeah, for me like and you know, it's like I they had me do I did their anabolic program. Yeah,
0: it's the best program ever. That was the first first one of their programs I done. Game changer.
1: Yeah. So I had did, I had done anywhere before that and loved it. Um, and then I went into anabolic and like, I bought some more weights to put on my plates and I, I adjusted it to be done with dumbbells, but just was like really loading up with my dumbbells. Like I bought like 300 pounds worth of weight plates (laughs) (laughs) Um, and yeah, so I did that and that was my first time ever like lifting heavier. Um, for me, like for me it was heavy and, and I put on a lot of muscle for sure. Like I definitely got very muscular. Yeah. Um, so it was, yeah, that I was, I was, I have always been someone who can eat a lot of food and like my appetite was raging. I could, I told Sal, I was like, I can't keep up with how much food I have to eat. Like yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so, yeah, but I definitely put on a lot of muscle. Um. But just even like, even kind of before that, like at the very, very beginning, when I started resistance training, like, so I kind of came from a place where I didn't know how to exercise. Like my whole life I was just in sports, right? And then I was mm-hmm. in college and I was like, all right, how does a normal person exercise without a sport? Um, and I I started like I would run and then go on the elliptical. Like I did that for like maybe two months and I just hated it. And then pretty quickly um, my cousin introduced me to like – he was like, you need to like lift some weights, like use some dumbbells, you know. Um, and so he kind of taught me how to do that and it was – crazy to me how Mm. quickly my body changed shape like I put on I put on weight but I lost so much size and Mm. I was falling out of all my clothes and I was seeing muscle definition and like it was insane to me I remember like within within a month um and I felt I felt like I was like this is too good to be true I'm working out and like like I was spending half the time working out right I had gone from like you know I would do like the elliptical for an hour to like lifting weights for like 20 to 30 minutes and I was I was getting way thinner I was getting more toned Um, I felt stronger my I just I could I looked a lot better and I felt way more confident um and yeah that was it ever since that I'm like I mean I'll never go back to doing cardio
0: (laughs) exactly there's there's absolutely no form of training which is you know more beneficial than weight training obviously done properly Um, for your metabolism and for everything, you know, like um, bone density. Even the studies, the new studies coming out are saying that uh, resistance training is actually more beneficial for the heart. Um, yeah, so that's that's really interesting. But um, yeah, it's, when you get those results, then you you kind of never look back, them, right? <laughs> you just
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm all about efficiency, and Definitely. especially especially with the bone density. Honestly, that's like the main the main driver for me is like women out there like you if you are not doing some type of strength training and i mean i'm different you know sal and adam and justin are like everyone like they're all about lifting heavy i'm not like that with my my clients but i'm just like you have to resistance train in some form so if you're doing body weight exercises that's that's totally fine like um or like Lighter or dumb, but, like, just do something that's challenging you because everyone – it's relative for everybody, right? Like, that's right. obviously, what's lifting heavy for you is going to be way more than me. Yeah. um, You know, but, like, it's relative. But as long as you are, like, challenging your muscles and, like, doing some type of resistance training, it's so important, especially for women, um, especially with so many women having had a history of, like, being on the birth control pill. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. You know, we just got to look out for our bone density. So I am – all about that and i see so many people with amenorrhea um yeah. so many women are haven't had their periods and i'm sure you see that a lot oh yeah i've dealt
0: with loads know. yeah especially yeah. people who competed and done uh yeah bodybuilding yeah
1: exactly and so it's like you've gotta you've gotta do everything you can to protect um your bone health so that is a key thing there so 100%. i'm a huge fan of resistance training
0: great stuff um yeah so i'll just fire a few quick questions at you now just to wrap this up um so yeah, um, I was just going to ask you about like how do you define, uh, what does a balanced lifestyle look like to you? Because I know everyone has a different perspective. but what I know it's, a, again, a bit of a broad question, but yeah, what does a balanced lifestyle look like to you?
1: I mean, I think it's really, God, the term balance is so interesting. I know right? it is because there's uh, no such thing
0: as perfect balance, right? But that's what we're striving for. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but it, like, it, you know, it is. And that's going to look different for everybody. But I think Definitely. looking at the different aspects of your life and like making sure that each cup is filled a little, it's going to be different for every person. Like, you know, for me, it's like we have um, health, nutrition, fitness, like that side, like making sure you're taking care of yourself and your health. And what is taking care of yourself? It's gonna be different depending who you who you are, right? So yep. like for me, I know I'm eating well, I'm exercising regularly, I'm going on walks, I'm getting sunlight, those types of things. Prioritizing that, prioritizing my sleep is a huge one. Like my life feels very out of balance if I'm not sleeping enough. Um, Definitely, that's so. something I that's something I've struggled with recently a lot. Like feeling very out of balance, and I know so much of it is because I was just not getting enough sleep. And it's like recently, I told myself, I said. I am getting eight hours of sleep no matter what. Like if I go to bed too late, then too bad. I guess I got to sleep in and I'm going to miss whatever's in the morning. Like I have to get in my sleep. Um, So focusing on that, but then also, also making sure that with work, for instance, like work needs to be very fulfilling and I need to feel like I have a purpose and I want to be excited. And if I ever feel like I don't want to do work today, then I'm not doing the right thing. Mm. Um, so that's another piece. And then I think the other piece is like the relationships. And so that's like multifaceted. That means relationships um, with other people and yourself. And I think for me, it's like I need to make sure I'm, I need to make sure I'm spending time with people and not being too much of a workaholic. And then mm-hmm. also making sure that I'm choosing to spend my time um, with people who really do leave me feel like leave me feeling rejuvenated and happier after like I want to feel better after I'm with somebody um and so making sure I'm getting in that social time and then kind of related to that is this whole technology piece um that I think a lot of people just kind of want to skim over but
0: glad you mentioned that because I always talk about this
1: yeah it's huge and like this is something that I battle with all the time and I'm still figuring I'm still figuring this out I don't know at all I kind of feel like We're all screwed at some level. Also, yeah, it's like it's really hard, especially when it's you know so much of your business is online, and then all of our Mm. social interactions are online, and you know Instagram, emails, texts, like calls. I feel like I'm constantly being inundated with this technology, and I'm like, this feels out of balance because I just feel like the whole life is on a screen, right? My whole business is online, but also I don't know yet how to navigate that. I I know for me, like. I've made shifts in the right direction, but I don't think I have it totally figured out. I know, like having set hours with where I do slash don't use the phone, I do slash don't use the computer, like only checking my email at certain times. Um, you know, with the phone, I just discovered this awesome. You can set, um, like if you have an iPhone, you mm-hmm. can set your. It's like a dry. It's like a do not disturb for when you're. Dry driving okay. um i don't know if you've seen that it's in the settings but basically when you're driving you can put this thing on that sends people a message automatically that says like sorry i'm driving right now um really? i'll answer okay. you later right but what you can do is you can go in and edit the message and so what i've done is i've edited the message so i don't use it when i'm driving i mean i guess i could um mm-hmm. but i just use it when i'm like trying to be Focus. So I press this little button on my iPhone, it's a, it's a car, and when, it, that go, when that goes on, my phone goes on airplane mode, like I don't receive any incoming messages, and anybody who texts me during that time will get an automatic text message back from me, um, and I've, cha- I've literally edited the message to say something along the lines of, um, sorry, right now I'm focused on my work, or I'm spending time with somebody who's important to me, I will get back to you during my allotted text response time. Like, mm, that's great just, that's great you know, just setting boundaries like setting boundaries is really really important and so many of us don't and i think that people you know with texts for instance or emails um it's we don't think of it this way but how is it any different than imagine there are two people having a conversation and you just walk up to them and interrupt and say hey what are you doing you know mm. like you would never do that in real life yeah, but yet distractions we distractions like, constantly we yeah, we do that all day long with the text. It's like maybe I'm doing something and then I get a message, hey, what are you doing? Like, hey, can you help me with this? Hey, like, all, right. the, like all these questions. And it, it really is a distraction and an and interruption. And I think a lot of us without realizing it have learned to feel a little bit too entitled to other people's time, like mm-hmm. myself included. Like, you know, every time I shoot a text message, I'm not thinking about what is this person doing right now? Is this gonna disrupt them? Um, I don't and I need to, right? Like I think a lot mm-hmm. of us are like that. Um, so I think just learning to um draw more boundaries in terms of the technology and that's a lot of that is just on ourselves. It like, gets hard. Like for that. us to draw limits but I, it's really important so i think having all of those different factors kind of just like filling, like doing what you can for each of those is really important for me to feel balanced
0: 100 percent. it's like a big experiment and then like we don't there's going to be mm-hmm. some long-term repercussions if you don't kind of monitor that that's for sure so yeah uh, that, exactly. was, that was uh yeah, you put that really well appreciate that so yeah just just one or two more things now i think you kind of cleared this one up We're just going to say if you have like one or two sentences which could help people achieve their like health and physique goals, what would it be? But then I realized that actually you, you specialize in mainly in kind of like gut health and eating disorders. But I don't know. Do you reckon you could answer that question? Or?
1: <laughs> um, I would say people need to focus on their gut health and focus on reducing their stress.
0: Awesome. That's perfect. Uh, yeah, that literally sums everything up. So uh, I, <laughs> guess, I guess that leaves us with, uh, yeah, where, where can listeners find you? on socials or whatnot
1: yeah you can find me on my website which is com. i'm on instagram at christinaricewellness and my podcast is called wellness realness and that's on itunes spotify stitcher all the places
0: amazing i'll share all that in the description on the on the podcast anyway once it's released which awesome. will be, yeah, will be very soon. So I really, really appreciate your time because I know it's uh, coming towards the end, end of your day there now. And uh, yeah, I really, really yeah. appreciate you, you know, because your, your time is very valuable. Um, yeah, thanks very much, Christina.
1: Thank you so much for having me on. I had so much fun chatting with you. So I really appreciate you inviting me.
0: What's that? Sorry, what was the last thing you said? You broke up a tiny bit. Oh, thank, I thank said I really me.
1: appreciate you. Yeah, I really appreciate you inviting me.
0: Thank you. It's the, honestly, it was a, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on the show, and I know this is going to benefit a lot of the audience. So uh, thanks again, Christina.
1: Yes, I hope it helps a lot of people. I loved this chat.
0: Yeah, it was really, really – I was. I wish I had my notepad out. I just, um, I'm going to have to re-listen to this and get the notepad out and make some notes. <laughs> <laughs>